Hey. So, man. All right, let's. All right, everyone. Um, welcome to Augusta Omni Podcast for our Saturday's Dynamite and Rampage review. Let's start with Dynamite, and then we get to, then then we start then we'll talk about NJS situation, and later on we'll do Rampage. Yep. So we're gonna start off with uh, the review of May 11th version of AW Dynamite on yes. CBS. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I'm just going to go run down what happened, you know, with each match, each segment that happened, and then we'll start off uh, chronologically. Uh, so, there, the matches were matches in seventh, I suppose. So, Adam Cole uh, went against Dex Howard in an Owen Hart Foundation tournament first-round match or a quarterfinal match. Mm-hmm. Um, then next was the CM Punk versus John Silver match. Okay. Okay, yeah. Uh, then... Dan Housen versus Tony Nese went against each other. Uh, after that was the segment between MGF and Wardlow and, you know, the contract uh, negotiations, the contract uh, signings. Then Jungle Boy went against Ricky Starks for the FTW Championship. After that, uh, what happened was the Jericho Appreciation, you know, thing where, you know, I guess they were just celebrations. A celebration for no reason, and then uh, after that was the Jimmy Hater vs Tony Storm match, another Owen Hart Foundation tournament first round match or quarterfinal match, this time for the women's division. And then after that was the main event, which was also Owen Hart uh, Foundation tournament quarterfinal between Darby Allen and Jeff Hardy. But that's the main event. We're going to start off with the first match, and uh, that was Adam Cole vs Dex Harwood. It was a hard-fought match. I was an ode to Bret Hart and an ode to Adam Cole. Adam Cole, I mean, I mean to Shawn, Shawn Michaels. Um, and at the end, you know, Adam Cole did the most disrespectful thing that he could do as a Shawn Michaels, you know, fan, and that is submit Dax Harwood with a sharpshooter. What did you think about this match, and did you think that Adam Cole was the right decision on this? That match was... a it was a phenomenal match. Basically, like, Dax and AC were phenomenal. For me, this was one of Cole's best AEW matches because it was different. Dax brought out the worker in him. And I actually loved that finish. It it brought, it got more heat on Adam Cole. And I think it was the right decision for Adam Cole to make Dax tap out to the sharpshooter for the victory. Yes, uh, the, the only thing that I could probably, you know, nitpick, obviously. I, I really like that. I just want to say, I really like this episode of Dynamite. I'm not going to say much uh, negative things. If, if if I say negative things, it's just nitpicks and, you know, whatever. I, I think this was one of the better, you know, episodes of Dynamite uh, in the whole past year of AW. So, I just want to say, uh, the only thing that I, I might nitpick on this match in particular is that there was, like, two guys, you know, the thing with me and like the odes to Bret Hart and the odes to Shawn Michaels and everything, it's like you're not being your own self. And Adam Cole obviously is a modern day Shawn Michaels, but you don't have to be like straight up Shawn Michaels and do everything that Shawn Michaels did in order to do that. Yeah, you could be Adam Cole and be that, you know. Or yeah. the same thing with Dex Harwood, you know, or CM Punk, you know, like you could, you know, pay homage to Bret Hart without being or without doing exactly what Bret Hart did, like step by step and move for move. But other than that, this was a great match too. I I, I agree with you that 
this was probably one of the better, if not the best, Adam Cole match since leaving NXT and coming to AW. And, you know, I was expecting Adam Cole to win, and he did. That was the right decision. And um, hopefully, you know, this this level of match is what uh, continues uh, for the rest of this tournament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, so if that's it for that match. Yeah. Uh, well, then Adam Page came out uh, to com- do commentary for the following match, which was CM Punk versus the hometown boy, John Silver. And it was an interesting sight because he got booed out of the building since it was in Long Island, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great, it was a good matchup. Like, Punk and Silver was exactly where they need to be. It was like Punk being the heel in that role and Silver being the baby face. It was, Punk, Punk was making Silver look good, but I felt you no know, nitpick. It, it made Silver real, a little too good. They could have like make it a shorter match, like five minutes. But what it is, what it is. But for the right. post match, like it was awesome. Like they are headgears, they're pro playing, like they're amazing to watch. Remember last week, Hammond did came off a bit heelish, but now Punk came off is the bad guy now. That atmosphere for that match at Double Nothing is going to be electrifying. Right. So you said who who's the bad guy now? Yes, but this, this last week it was Hangman being the playing the bad guy, and this week is now CM Punk. Right. So yeah, I agree with that. I think I watched a, a couple of reviews, and they were saying how basically both of them are acting as tweeners because really Adam Page isn't really fully a heel, or CM Punk isn't fully a heel either. They're still they're still baby faces. They're still like the top baby faces of the company, and and they're going against each other, just you know showing the, you know the you know, probably the bad sides. Of- yeah, they're showing their bad sides. Some of the good sides. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, next match. Hello. Hey, what's going on? Um, I'm sorry, everyone. There's been a technical difficulties. Right now, I will take over now until he comes back. All right, let's get to the next match. Is can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. I don't know what happened. Oh, my, my bad. That's probably because I got a call, and you know the microphone kind of switched. But I'm here now, right? Yeah, you're here. Okay. Okay, so uh, the CM Punk thing. I was saying, oh, they're they're good people, you know, good characters, but they show their bad sides against each other, and it's gonna be a great match. They're they're basically tuners against each other. It was. It was good to see uh, Long Island uh, react as a heel, react uh, to CM Punk as as the bad guy. We kind of mm-hmm. got a glimpse to what uh, heel CM Punk might look like, and I think the crowds are going to dictate this one. You know, it's either going to be CM Punk turning heel or Adam Page turning heel, which I don't see it happening. I think CM Punk is turning heel here, and um, we're going to for double nothing. I, I really like this. This uh, segment or this post match, I suppose. Uh, I like the match too, but uh, a good, a good post match. Yeah, it was a good post match. Okay, so uh, if that's all we got for this match. We're gonna continue. Uh, now, there was a backstage interview with Britt Baker, Jimmy Hader, and uh, and Reba, uh, basically just uh, sowing dissension uh, between Britt Baker and Jimmy Hader, and all that, you know. Mm-hmm. But. We could gloss over that, and the next match was Dan Housen versus Tony Nese. Yes. And this was a quick one as well, but <laughs> a very quick second long. 
and surprisingly, Tony Nese got the win. A job match, essentially. A job being done, Harrison. And it was all. Oh, this one was also about, uh, you know, the the post match. So if you want to talk about the post match, yes, yeah, talk about the post match. Okay, first of all, I was a bit surprised that the niece squashed Dan Housen, but in a way, it kind of worked. I like that they like like they set the tag match from that from the post show in, for the double nothing pre show. It basically give the match like some meaning and a story, and not just a story pre show match. Right. Right. Yeah, uh, Tony, Tony Nese really looked really good after this one. Obviously, it's a win against Dan Housen, but this was the best that Tony Nese has ever looked in WWE or AW period. And uh, this is good for his stock uh, up in the AW roster. But yeah, if you want to continue, yeah. All right, I want to continue. Like, like Dan Housen, the Hook, they're like a good team. Like, like one that gets a curse and Hook does his thing. Maybe Dan House is being is is trying is been sent by Tony Khan to get Hook over. Or do you think it's Dan House trying to get the Hook over, or or is it Hook trying to get Dan House over? I don't I don't know. I don't think Dan House is ever going to really be a, a, you know, a serious you know wrestling competitor. He might be you know have alliances here and there. Obviously, he has alliances with the best friends. He has alliances with Hook now, but. Uh, but yeah, I think uh, this is a cute little, you know, uh, alliance right now. Uh, eventually, Hook has to kind of like, if they're gonna go against each other at some point, uh, which I'm assuming that's probably the case. If, if I don't know, I don't, I wouldn't want to see them tag, like it be an actual like, like Hookhausen being an actual thing. But uh, but you know, well, let's see where this goes. Uh, people seem to like Danhausen, and people really like Hook. Hopefully they don't mess up uh, Hook, especially, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So after that was the contract signing of the hometown boy, MGF, against Wardlow. Um, obviously in Long Island, MGF was revered as a superstar, as a, as the, as a, someone sent from God. But, uh, yeah, what do you think about this contract signing? This was the the contract segment was one was of course one of the best things in the show. It was really was the best thing in the show. Like Max, like Max, like MJF is like charismatic even when playing a semi face, and Warlock had just all the facial against the presence pat that down pat. Like this match is gonna be coming with an unreal atmosphere, and and as the conditions he's saying, like Warlow for next week's gonna have to take ten lashes. And it's gonna have to face Sean Spears in a steel cage with NJF the special guest and referee. If he can make it through them, then he gets then we get NJF at double or nothing. But then we got stipulation to that match of double or nothing. That NJ that if Warlow loses, he cannot sign the contract at AEW or get a contract with AEW at all. Right. Right. Yeah. Uh yeah, I agree with you. This was this was the best Thing on AEW, uh, it, it kind of like the fact that MJF was, you know, being a good guy, uh, being, you know, uh, pandering to the crowd and like uh, uh, using the crowd in order to respond. I think I said in the preview that uh, maybe this was gonna happen where like he was, Ray, what do you guys want you know, me to do or you know, have them be involved in some type of some type of way? And mm-hmm. that's what that is what happened. 
you know, and uh, I, I've heard this said by a couple people, but I'm going to say it too. MJF gave me really, you know, a strong CM Punk 2011 vibe, 2011 CM Punk vibe. It's like the fourth wall character that, you know, was talking about things that were happening in, in the back and management. Like when he said, we mentioned Cody Rhodes and how he was his best friend and, and, you know, the whole situation about, you know, not getting the contract that he wants, you know, uh, backstage and that Tony Khan doesn't want to talk about it, his renovation or his, mm-hmm. you know, contract um, was, was very, you know, uh, that was, that felt real, you know, and I really liked that. And obviously that's what, that's what you're going to get from a babyface MJF. But I mean, that's uh, nothing different to what a heel MJF would tell you just that, you know, in that context, you liked it. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think the stipulation was cool. I mean, it's another, you know, way to like eliminate what Cody Rose has done in AW, and that, that has to be said, you know, like AW is, or Tony Khan is clearly like trying to eliminate Cody Rhodes, you know, historical accomplishments from AW. You know, if if we're not going to criticize that from AW, should it criticize when it's happening in WWE? But uh, but yeah, uh, other than that, this was a great, uh, great segment. The best segment of, of the year, I think, and one of the better segments in AW's history. So I really like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was a great, it was a great segment, no doubt. Yeah. So then, uh, Jungle Boy went against Rick Starks. Yes. Uh, Rick Starks got the win mm-hmm. off of cheating. What do you think about it? But they. It, you know, like Starks and JB had a great match, and I also felt it was tad unappreciated with everything else going on tonight. Like the right guard won, and the story was served Lee with interesting. Like we we could be possibly getting a three way tag tag titles for a double or nothing. Like three way tag match with, with the titles at double or nothing. Like Swerve Lee versus Team Taz versus Jurassic Weeks will be actually quite insane. The Christian stuff appears to be coming to a climax soon. Most likely. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think uh, it was the right decision as well. Um, obviously, it's gonna build to the tag team championship matches or the match. Uh, uh, if it's a triple threat or a couple of different iterations of it, but yeah, it was a match. Obviously, you know, it was a great match. Uh, the crowd, I think, were wasted. Uh, but. Uh, but yeah, these two are great wrestlers, and I really like the wrestling match that they they, they put forth. And yeah, it was, it, it continued the the stories uh, well. Yeah. All right, so Rick Starks won there, and then the Jericho Appreciation Society happened, uh, his their celebration, and then all of a sudden, you know, the Blackpool Comedy Club came out, and also the Eddie Kingston came back, and all that. Uh, what do you think about the segment? Well, the the the, the segment was mostly a hit and throwing BBC BCC into the feud make it it makes sense. I'm assuming two to three guys will team with Eddie, Eddie and and basically proud and powerful for blood and guts and double or nothing. We you think are, blood and guts will happen at double or nothing? Possibly because Marcus Anderson inside a cage would possibly be crazy. It, it 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 could be crazy, but I mean, uh, yeah, that like two and a half, three and a half weeks. So like, if it's gonna be a blood and guts match, uh, I mean, they gotta like 
announce it pretty soon, you know. And also, if it's not the main event, I don't know. I don't know how that works, you know. Yeah. But yeah, it was a good a good segment. As uh, um, I thought it was a good segment. Too. It made sense and it continued the story as well. I'm not really into Chris Jericho and the Jericho Appreciation Society. I've never really been into Eddie Kingston either. So, and I guess I wasn't really into the BCC. Either, so. There you go, three people, three, three parts of AW I wasn't really into, but hey, this was a good. Uh, I acknowledge that it was a good segment, and uh, yeah, it did what it had to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Next match: Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what do you think about it? Uh, Jamie Hayter lost Tony yes. Storm. Uh, what do you think about it? Like Tony Storm got the victory. But I felt that, that that this match felt like it's kind of going to be underappreciated. Both of these girls like kicked ass, and that's the car hard hitting shit we need in the in the women's division. Both of them need gold soon. I'm hoping. Tony I mean, Storm is getting good. Jamie Hader is going coming along way great. I hope both of these women get gold soon, but but not but, now, but someday soon. I'm sure someday they will, but uh, I mean, Tony Storm is one of those favorites to win the whole uh, tournament. So uh, that she could win that, or um, I mean, she could be a TBS contender. But you know, this was a uh, you know better than average you know women's match on AW Dynamite. I I enjoyed it. You know, obviously they put a lot of effort onto it. The crowd was again wasted because of the Jericho Appreciation Society segment, but it was a good match, a great match, and. Uh, I hope to see more of this type of match in the women's division in AW in the future. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the main event. Yes. Uh, another tournament quali- uh, quarterfinal match. Darby Allen versus Jeff Hardy. The dream match. Mm-hmm. And Jeff Hardy got the win using a wrestling move. What do you, what do you, what do you think about it? I feel like the, the, the main event was everything we that hoped and more for more from for and more. Like, Jeff Hardy still thrives on the environment, and Darby has become one of the best big match performers on the planet. I imagine this will be revisited down the line on the pay-per-view with Darby avenging the loss here, like, 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 policy, like, full gear or next year's pay-per-view. Right. right. Yeah, obviously, Jeff Hardy winning, like, kind of sets up for a second match, second match at some point in the future. Uh, where Darby Allen gets the victory over, you know, the veteran Jeff Hardy. But uh, yeah, it was, it, it was a crazy match. Obviously, the rules were waived uh, after this tournament match, I guess, because Jeff Hardy knew that he couldn't really deliver the, the to the dream match. It doesn't really make sense if I'm gonna nitpick. I don't think there's a nitpick really, but uh, you gotta remain consistent in the tournament. So I mean, if, if you get what I'm saying, but. Uh, other than that, this was a good match. It was enjoyable. They put the bodies on the line, and that spot where Darby Allen did the the bomb from the ten foot ladder was was crazy. I thought he he died after he hit those those pile of chairs, but uh, yeah, that that was a it was a good match. It was a crazy match. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's uh, AW Dynamite May eleventh edition. Uh, that's it for AW Dynamite review. Uh, so if I think we're gonna transition to uh, discussing something else, right? Yeah. So yeah, so we're gonna first uh, talk about 
the MJF situation, the contract situation, and the AEW, uh, Fightful, uh, Fightful Select reported that MJF continues to be frustrated with AEW and his contract situation. Um, and it, was, it has been reported that MJF is currently leaning towards signing with WWE and not resigning with uh, AEW at the end of his contract. Um, what I mean, what do you think about this? Do you think this will eventually happen? Do you think MJF will eventually uh, end up in WWE? And and yeah, this is this is crazy. This is crazy news. Like if this doesn't change soon, I don't I don't know if the, there's any way back. I I thought MJF will leave AEW, but if MJF did leave the AEW, then this will devastate AEW. But I doubt MJF will stay in WWE because, look, I know creative fam, you got to earn it. Like, creative, you got to earn your way to creative or, like, promos. And mostly because the main roster, WWE roster, are mostly PG. I don't think they're going to let MJF say anything offensive or anything. That's That probably held him down. Right. But, but. this this whole thing, it kind of, like, it screams to me that the the the... You know, the problem is here isn't, you know, creative freedom or that that's not in his mind right now. Uh, he's still young. He, he could, uh, he, he's still young, you know, and uh, uh, right now what he wants is to get as much money as possible. If AW forks up the money, then he's staying in AW, you know, and if Dodoy forks up the money, he will go to Dodoy because that's where the money is, you know. Uh, for me, I think, uh, um, I would understand why MJF would leave to the day, especially with how this contract is, is being handled right now. Like, for example, uh, MJF, you know, he came in, he was a rookie, obviously, but he had a drastic, you know, improvement uh, right off the gate, basically. He, he became a moneymaker basically right off the gate uh, after becoming being a rookie. He was basically a main eventer right after, you know? Mm. He's still in his, you know, first contract. He's still being paid less than the people that are coming in that are on bigger contracts because of the experience or whatever. And he's still being paid less than those people. Like, for example, I'm just going to give this example. I don't mean anything negative towards this dude here. But Keithley, he came back. He came from Dodo, yeah? yeah. Obviously, he came uh, with his experience from in Dodo and, and then NXT and all that. Um, and with his Dodoy contract, yeah. So, so they paid him more, and I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be a surprise if Keith Lee right now has a bigger contract than MJF's, you know. And if you were to ask me, and if you were to ask anybody, you know, MJF deserves a higher contract than Keith Lee, you know. Um. So, and then I think that's the problem with MJF right now, that he he wants more money, and he's not getting being get, given that money. So he's gonna wait until the 2024, and that money better be right until, like, for his contract. You know, like AW better give you know MJF a lot of money. You know, um, so yeah, this screams a lot of you know financial situation type things. You know, and I would understand why he's uh, frustrated with it. All right. Yeah. So. We might see a world where MJF Cody Rhodes too is a possible thing, and in WWE, um, we might see in WrestleMania for the WWE title maybe. But mm. uh, but yeah, uh, I think that's it for for that uh, thing. Unless you wanna 
add to that? Uh, no, pretty much it. All right. And then I think we're going to discuss one more thing, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's the the whole situation with Kota Ibushi. Uh, and you know the other people. I don't. I don't. I don't. I was. I haven't really been following this situation. I just know that Kotaibushi is uh, also frustrated with the the backstage of in, in New Japan and it being, you know, a lot of harassing, a lot of old school tactics of, of you know how, handling a wrestling promotion. And you know uh, he's been injured and you know and his mismanagement of you know his injuries and and of the talent in general and and right now Kotaibushi is a uh, you know it at odds with the, that management and it seems like it's a possibility that he won't be in New Japan for long yeah pretty much what, yeah. what do you what I feel what, that like like all because like Itabushi is not his fault he had to deal with the, the situation with the the Japanese mafia the Yakuza the Yakuza, Yakuza. Japanese mafia, you know, it's about some old school booking going on with New Japan. I feel that the people kept comparing that New Japan, the Yakuza, the Yakuza thing with with WWE Saudi Arabia, which is not the same. It is it's quite different, but it's not the same as people describe it. Oh, I saw I saw the tweet too. Like I think uh, somebody said that uh, we should uh, criticize AW for, you know, um, for involving themselves with New Japan, who involved themselves with a group like the Yakuza, and and you know, and people criticize AW for involving themselves with some, something like or a place like Saudi Arabia. Yes, and I see I see where they come from, but I agree with you. I think uh, it's two different things. Yes. But I mean, we can't we can't ignore the fact that the Yakuza is also apparently a a bad group, and New Japan's involvement with it now, and AW's involvement with New Japan. But uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's two different things. It's, it's not it's not it's not the same thing. Yeah. So yeah, I think. Uh, I don't think Kotaibushi will leave New Japan, honestly. If he does leave, I don't think he's going to AEW. Mm. Uh, I think he, he would go somewhere like Impact uh, and carry the weight there. But uh, that's that's speculation, purely speculation. Um, so, yeah. Do you have anything else to add? Um, that's about it. All right. Like I said, um, when, we be- when we get back, we will review Rampage. And so, see everyone for Rampage. Okay. Okay, we're back. Unfortunately, my co-host left because um some personal matters. He will be back next week, so I'll finish up the rampage review and and report the other news. All right, then. Okay, let's get to the rampage. Here are the matchups: the TNT Championship, Scuba Sky versus Frankie Kazarian. The only hard quarterfiles for the women's Ruby Soho versus Riho, the Butcher Blade Mark Quinn versus Death Triangle, Sean Spears versus Bear Boulder. Let's get to the first match. As you all know, Death Triangle versus Butcher Blade Mark Quinn. As you, 
As usual, Rampage started with a competitor for the first match ready to go as soon as the show goes on. For the men, the match are known for the high flyability, so this bout had a lot of quick moves and got the crowd on his feet. The exchange between Quinn and Ray Fix was especially fast-paced. Mm-hmm. The bunny did her u- usual routine of trying to distract the Ray Fix so the heels could she kept to minimum. She mostly walked around yelling at people. At the front of the match was, I kind of felt it was too much of a series of quick spot sequences that were planned out and a little too advanced. That's my problems with six-man tags. It's hard to get around in time in the ring while sacks have bad logic. That being said, the crowd was definitely winning to his one. It is easy to understand why Pac scored a win from the Vit team with Black Arrow finisher. So the Whites... Lights went out after the match when they came back. House of Black was on the apron. They quickly disappeared without gauging in a fight. So that being said at this match. So basically we will get Death Triangle versus says the House of Black. Mostly a double or nothing. So what kind of trios match would it be? I'm hoping. It would that um like like Malachi Black is the leader, and we got Buddy Matthews. Oh yeah, and that, that big brute guy. So anyway, let's go on to another match: Bear Boulder versus Sean Spears. So at the match, Boulder picks up Spears in a gorilla press railway, shut Spears up after they talk a little trash. But the chairman avoid him in the corner, start beating on him with his hard left hands. Spears shows some power by picking Boulder up his shoulders and hitting his finisher for the win. This was a short match, but effective for was it it just wasn't much. As Spears continued to take his opponent with chair after the match has ended, he addressed Warlow through the camera and told him that he was coming for him. And Here's Rehel versus Ruby Soho. So let's go to that match. Mm-hmm. We got a quarterfinal match in the Women's Orna Heart Foundation tournament this week. And in the Soho battle Ruby Rio in the third match of the night. It's not often that Soho has a few pounds on her opponent. She makes her use that advantage to control the pace, keep Rio off balance. The former champ had control most of the, the break, but the runaway was able to grab her in a submission and ground her for a bit. We could tell these two were not worked together much before this, but they still did a good job. They made this feel like a competitive fight feel, especially after a commercial break. After all, serious close calls. So, scored a win to advance the semifinal. I don't. Like, after a, com- a bunch of combo combos. At the combos. Mm-hmm. Then we had the Jay Cargill segment. It was basically. It was basically her talking about. Her uh, Karushita. Didn't take out injury. And Rella will be taking her place in the Owen Hart. But no it's been a change of plans by Tony Khan. It's going to be next week. Red Velvet versus. Versus Chris Steinlader. For the Owen Hart. Cups. Finals or. Qualify match or whatever it's called at this point. That was part of the interview. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's building towards Jade versus Chris Stanlander. So anyway. Okay. Uh alright. Now we go we talk about we go to the main event. Uh <sighs> I'm getting sleeping. Scorpio Sky versus Ethan Page. During the pre-match, it was clear Sky was trying to do things in an way. While Ethan Page and Lambert wanted to take the low road, so the chant told him to take the night off. The first AF tag chance compete over a single style like a big deal, and the crowd gave them warm welcomes during the entrance. Expected is a great display of personal wrestling ability for two veterans who had traveled the world with world honoring their craft. We took. When you put two people a certain skill level in the ring tonight, you almost are always going to have a good performance out of them. This was Molly Evening matches contested out of, out of the night, and there was never more than a minute when no one man the control by the other way. I want to find a way to kill him. It was really nice to see Kazarian get some TV time. It felt like he'd been booked inconsistently since SCU broke up. Which is the same because he is a fantastic wrestler who could really help young members of the roster in a lot of ways. Larry ran down to the ring to provide stretches so Paige could break up a submission to escape Sky. The last Sky recovered with the win the match with TKO to retain his title. Sky did not know what happened, so he tried to shake Cass's hand. Cass told him what they cheated. Sky got in Paige's face. It looked like they might fight, but he turned around and hit Cass with the TNT title. And it ended with Guevara and and Kata chasing up, chasing up, chasing up Dan Lambert, Ethan Page, and Scorpio Sky. All right, here's some notes from that match. There are note that Guevara and Conti were showing the crowd with the AAA mixed tag titles. So there's more to this. So Guevara might still want the TNT title. The crowd was behind both guys from the moment the start March match started. Everything was been fine. We got winning in because they were happy to see his match. Every fan. And that was Rampage Review. So let's get to the rest of the news. Um we got the last main news. We got AEW AEW game related news from Sports Gamers Online. The AEW Fight Fair gameplay was simple. That's why it's so well the creation suite. The moveset in general will be limited to what it can early 2000s wrestling game, etc. So apparently they're they're gonna be eliminated limited the gaming thing for now. I hope that they don't bring it on this year. They wait a little longer before they bring that game too early. Like wait till next year. Come on. Like do the right thing and wait for next year. Alright? It's best you wait for the AEW game for 2023. It's a lot better, in my opinion. Anyway, let's one more news. Tony Khan such a hint at moving all out to Toronto this year. I hope they do. It'll be great. Let's see it happen. So, and, yep, this is whole thing for AEW. This is the Augusta Ali podcast episode. I'll, I'll see you in next week, this Saturday. When me and my co-hosts will will do a better job, we'll do we'll do good. So see you later. See you next Saturday. This is a good early podcast saying goodbye, everyone. And as and, and don't forget tattoo Cody as well. Thank y'all.